What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 73. Today with my guest, Coleman Rigg from Philadelphia. He's got a new album out called Coleman Rigg and the Ridge Runners. Uh, the song, If You Really Want to Know, is featured on the episode. It's a pretty cool indie rock type song. Um, but anyway, we had a real fun chat about uh, songwriting, creativity, work, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so whether you're friends or fans of his, hopefully you find the interview interesting, or at least uh, get a kick out of it. If you're not already doing so, definitely follow him or check him out on Spotify. Uh, that's where they got the full album up. And I'll list a couple links in the episode notes for that as well. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully you yourself are doing alright out there, enjoying summer. Uh, maybe even getting out to the beach, stuff like that, depending where you're at. Here in Maryland, weather's definitely definitely good, and uh, shows are kicking into high gear and all that stuff. Um, in other news and notes, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that my band, The Hollow Truths, released a new song called Thought Crime, which is also out on Spotify. Um, feel free to subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you may be listening. If you feel so inclined to do so. And uh, lastly, if you are a musician and have new music coming out personally, uh, you can always try to hit me up. There's always a chance that we could do an episode, possibly. Um, but yeah, really, other than that, uh, without further ado, we'll get into the interview here with uh, Coleman Rigg. Rockstar Podcast. I believe you'll be episode 73. Cool. So, uh, Thanks, Brett. Yeah. Nice talking to you. I'm talking with uh, Mr. Coleman Rigg. He's uh, got a band. It's kind of like indie rock, I would say. I don't know. How would uh, you describe it? I know no one really likes doing that, but if you, yeah. uh, if you got uh, some bands you can point to that are similar, I'd say go ahead. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I would I would describe it definitely in the rock realm. I think we have kind of like an indie flair um, a little bit. Um, but also, you know, sometimes I feel like even get into the category of um, a little bit, I, you know, not like the, the genre of hard rock, but I guess on the harder side of like indie rock and just rock in general. Um, yeah. we, we listen to a lot of bands like um, like Queens of Stone Age and, and Royal Blood, Arctic Monkey, stuff like that. So um, really like bands like that. And I think we kind of hover around that sound. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good description. I definitely kind of got that vibe and got a little yeah. edge to your, to your sound and all that stuff. Um, yeah. 
obviously looks like you've been at it uh, really as far as your releases goes just since last year. Um, mm-hmm. Were you playing in bands obviously before that and this is kind of like a new project or... Yeah, yeah, this is kind of new. Um, I guess, I mean, new in the sense we've been together like two years now. Um, I've been yeah. in, in and out of bands since high school um, on and off and doing solo stuff with acoustic and you know, most of my, pretty much all my adult life. Um, but, um, yeah, so basically what kind of the spark was that, um, I put out just like a solo EP, um, probably like three, four years ago now. And in Philly, I was kind of just like looking for a band to play some of those songs live and, and play those songs out. Um, found these guys and, you know, it just kind of stuck and, you know, they seemed interested in writing and, you know, creating stuff together. Um, so yeah, that's how the Ridge Runners were formed. Um, but yeah, we've been like collaborating, um, on stuff as a band, um, and writing things and material for like two years now. Um, obviously one of those years being a pandemic, which is kind of challenging, but, um, you know, nonetheless, still, still staying connected and working together as a group for that time. Yeah. I mean, uh, you definitely got a good voice. Um, I don't know if you were classically trained or not or anything like that, but it's got a, got a, uh, unique feel and sound to it, which is cool. And, uh, thanks man. I'm sure playing yeah. out acoustically kind of helped build that, uh, especially for the confidence, too. Yeah. Yeah, I never had any uh, classical vocal training um, or anything like that. But, yeah, I think, you know, it's something that – and it's funny, even even just last year in the pandemic and just kind of playing at home more and playing acoustic and when the opportunity was there, like playing outdoor stuff, like, you know, when it was safe, playing acoustic was kind of like last year getting back to the roots and like really wanted me to like focus on my voice and stuff like that. Um, getting in a band and like, you know, being together with a group and like, you know, especially playing rock music, it's exciting and, you know, you want it to be loud and, and, you know, kind of like energetic. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of nice to just go back and focus on the basics of like my voice and, and kind of working on that. So yeah, I worked on that a lot last year and it's kind of, kind of been nice to like go back to basics in that sense and just like continue to hone that skill in yeah um i mean uh, i think one funny thing you can do too sometimes is like when you're driving around the car like i've noticed mm-hmm. on, Spot- on spotify they have like vocal warm-ups and exercises which are actually oh wow which are actually kind of fun because uh cool i didn't know that stuff was on spotify by now yeah yeah i didn't really know either i just one day i was like sitting in traffic and i was like well i bet there's something out there you know, yeah. in, this, in this, uh, this day and age. I was going to so, say, it's, it's like such a sign of the times. I bet there's something there, something out there, and, and it exists. Yeah. So, that was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I imagine you guys might be getting back to playing out in Philly, or maybe not. Yeah, we're actually, um, our first show is at the end of June here. Um, so we're just getting back together and rehearsing and, and getting, you know, getting in shape again for the stage, which is, uh, which is interesting in and of itself, but it's been fun. So yeah, we've been late last year. We basically, um, we all were very, took a lot of precautions and we recorded the rest of our album in December of last year. And we're like super careful about rehearsals and spacing out and masks and, and sanitizing and stuff. And we were able to rehearse a good bit last year to get prepared for the studio. Um, but yeah, just recently, probably like two, two and a half weeks ago is when we really start, when we just got back together for a band, 
basically we're like six months off completely cold um that was when you know we got back together and started rehearsing for this show um so yeah that feels good um it's exciting to be with the guys again i love playing live music i mean i, I think that's kind of you know where one of our strengths lie you being a rock band is just playing loud and, and having fun with it so yeah it's been it's been good to get back together and do that again yeah do you know if the uh most of the venues made it through yeah so we definitely have had some casualties um i think one of the biggest casualties is one of like our most endeared venues in philly called boot and saddle um that one announced mid-pandemic that it was closing down where it was interesting it was like one of those venues where like a lot of like small philly bands would like maybe play like one of their first shows and also like you could see like one of your favorite like small touring bands come through too it was like a really special venue for that um so we've had a few along the way, but you know, to be to be honest, though, to be fair, I think a lot of them have like withstood, you know, the the conditions of the pandemic, and a lot of them are looking back to get open. I know they're, you know, doing things differently than before. Maybe not as many bands, maybe not as many as long, trying to play more outdoors this summer. But seems like most of them are kind of like you know perking their ears back up and, and getting ready to go again. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Um... Only real connection to Philly so far is mostly just as a fan of music. Uh, mm-hmm. My band has not quite made it up there yet. I think the only yeah. show we, we booked up there ended up getting canceled or something, but um, still trying to crack the cookie. Um, yeah, man. Let us know. We, we, we'd, love to, we'd love to link up and maybe share something. That'd be cool. Invite yeah, versa, too. We've never made it down there. All right. Yeah, I mean, I feel like our our bands are at least in the rock genre enough. Yeah. I feel like mine's a little more like stoner alternative or something like that. But uh, yeah, um, I'm always trying to do different things and whatnot. Yeah. Having like uh, little backyard parties or farm parties or whatever and get the bands together. So right. I'll definitely keep keep you guys in mind. Um, I'm actually having That's one cool, band yeah. called called Bees come down. Oh yeah, I know bees. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know them, but I, you know, I, I message them on Instagram a little bit, listen to stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like their sound. I feel like it's it easily could have come out in the '90s, but you know, I know, enough. right? It's pretty cool. Yeah, they have enough modern elements, I guess, to kind of yeah. keep it interesting. Um, but yeah, as a kid, I used to just go up to Philly because uh, like the folk punk kind of scene, like bands like Mischief Grew and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, oh, cool. Um, anyway, it's always good to talk to people up 95. I guess that's all I'm trying to say. And uh, I feel like you guys are very similar to Baltimore in a way. It's just that it's a bigger, bigger town, you know? So, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I'm, I'm curious, like, you just asked about venues. Like, what's kind of things looking like down there right now? Like, opening up again? And, like, you know, did you, you guys, of course, I'm sure had some losses of, of venues and stuff along the way. But what's things like down there right now? Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like it hit D.C. harder than, uh, okay. than Baltimore. Because D.C. is very different, I guess, especially as it pertains to, like, rock and stuff like that, or even yeah. to some degree or original bands, because if you're playing in D.C., you're pretty much cover band, most likely, or yeah. a touring, a touring right. act coming through 930 Club, or the small venues there are pretty tough, and I think a couple of them went under. Um, yeah. But in Baltimore, it seems like everywhere that I've played has pulled through, that I know of. Okay, and that's good. I know Autobar uh, had to 
really struggle and get a GoFundMe going and all that to make it, but mm -hmm. they're still amazingly open, which is awesome. Cool. So great. Um, I don't know if it was the crowdfunding or whatever, and um, there's a couple other places that are pretty small that made it. Um, so I'm not sure exactly how, but yeah, I guess they didn't have to port, um, close on the lease or or whatever. So yeah, um, it's good. We're playing a place this weekend called uh, Fishhead Cantina, which is okay. like just south of Baltimore. But nice. um, I don't know. It seems like so far so good. That's uh, good. But yeah, I don't know. Um, definitely just looking around and talking to people kind of around the country too. It definitely looks like everything's kicking back into gear, especially by fall. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of these places too, you know, it's like kind of a kind of a testament to like their gritty like small music club spirit, you know. A lot of them like in some ways you would think, you know, with what was going on last year like absolutely no openings, no people in the doors, no revenue coming in. You got to expect that they're going to be like struggling the most, but like yeah, hats off to a lot of those places that made it through and looking to get back to normal again. Yeah. You guys have any shows on the books? Um, we have that one in late June. I was just telling you about we're rehearsing for. Um, other than that, um, we're just having conversations. I was actually just messaging a few bands on Instagram this week about getting stuff set up in the midsummer here. Um, yeah, it's not like you know. I was just saying everything's looking to get back to normal, but I think like I was saying like you know in Philly where we're used to playing a five, six band bill, you know, and everybody gets their 40 minutes and it goes till 2 a.m. It's not quite at that level yet. It's like a little bit more smaller, exclusive stuff, like maybe two to three bands on a bill. Um, and, you know, starting at eight, ending at 11 kind of thing. So it's, um, and, it, and you know, we're not doing one of those, like a lot of venues around here, they, they did one of those, you know, Tuesday through Sunday nights, basically. There's a show every night. Um, and it's, you know, right now I'm more focused on Friday and Saturday. So I think they're still trying to, like, a lot of the venues, while they are getting back to normal, are dipping their toes in. So nothing um, solid yet, but a few irons in the fire for sure. And, you know, I expect to I expect to get um, a, a decent handful of shows this summer. But also, too, um, yeah, we're working kind of on some new music and, you know, might jump back into the studio pretty quickly just for, like, a single or a couple singles or something like that, um, which I never thought we would kind of do as a band, but I think we're kind of just riding the high of the releases and just maybe want to keep it going. Yeah. I mean, it definitely seems to be the modern way to do things too. Um, is, yeah. Is, is singles as well. Um, I'm always curious yeah. about, you know, people's creative process too, like how they like to work if they let things stockpile for a while or if they like to let songs marinate or sort of conversely, if they like to just, get in the studio and kind of let it fly and just see what yeah. creative stuff happens at the time. Yeah, what, I don't... What's worked for us is, um, you know, I feel like lately it's been, well, I guess it kind of to go back a little bit, part of just being indoors for a whole year, I started to actually spend time building a home studio. Um, you know, nothing crazy fancy at all, but like, you know, just like, um, you know, upgrading my, my DAW software. I had like the oldest one. It was so slow and like, you know, getting like a, a decent mic here and there and stuff like that. So 
what we've been doing lately is I've been kind of just cutting full demos at home. Um, I've been doing like MIDI drums, but I am trying to set up so I can record some, you know, just basic demo drum tracks um, and sharing that with the band. And I, I kind of like to arrange everything. But, you know, of course, showing that to the guys is like, this is not the final form. Um, what do you guys have to add or change kind of thing? And then it just goes from there. So um, that's kind of new for us, but I feel like it's worked. You know, we have a couple singles that I know we're all really excited about. We we started jamming, so it's kind of worked for us. Um, whereas in the past, it was like, you know, we would just get together in a room and, and kind of like, I would have some ideas and we would just turn the amps up and crank them and see what comes out of it. Um, so this is a little bit more like, you know, kind of like recording first approach um, to be a little more methodical. Um, but yeah, I always kind of have like a stockpile of stuff, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like I have this intuition of, of um, when I'm ready to pull something out and finish it versus like, I like this, but it's just not quite there yet kind of thing. I want, I want to spend some more time or in some cases too, like I want to learn how to do this in like my home studio or, or whatever before I can like, cause I, cause I can hear it in the track. I just want to make sure I do it right kind of thing. So, um, a little more like, yeah, like waiting on it's time for all those pieces, um, before I share them with the guys. Yeah. I think, um, it's definitely a good part of the progression too, as a band yeah. or as a musician to be able to do your own demos, um, before yeah. you get to the studio. It's, I think that's like the, I don't know, mid-level, uh, maturation process before yeah. bet between getting your your own uh, recording stuff going and being able to produce stuff yourself if you want to take it that far um, it's certainly yeah. liberating I think to not have to take it that far and to go to somebody right. else who just truly records and mixes and all that but I've definitely learned like you're saying you can get a demo done on your own that is like time and money just yeah, uh, completely saved and not wasted. So yeah, uh, totally. And it's like you know, and we we have relationships with like uh, an engineer um, who worked on our last album and helped produce it too. Um, we're like, I want to share that with him ahead of going into the studio and be like, you know, what do you think? What can we plan out? And hopefully, like, just go in there for like, you know, a pretty short period of time and just knock it out and have a game plan. Um, Versus, yeah, before it's kind of like, you know, starting from scratch, figuring everything out, not really working from demos. So, um, yeah, it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm excited for the next steps on that. Yeah. Um, did you have a favorite song kind of off the, uh, the last album or, you know, I'm, I'm a big like lyric guy. So mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Did you feel like one, uh, one song stood out to you? I mean, I kind of wanted to ask about, uh, Bowie is dead, but. Yeah, maybe, maybe there was like uh, one in particular. Um, yeah, it's funny you ask about Bowie's dead. Um, I feel like for me lyrically, I feel like um, that was the one that you know. It's not like the it's not the one with like you know. I, I think the catchiest chorus or it doesn't have like the most upbeat, poppiest feel. But that's the one that like lyrically, I felt like I kind of used as a canvas to like sort of talk about what I wanted to. Um, Lyrically on that one, I was proud of kind of how it turned out was, I don't know, just like a lot of people and, and young people now, just kind of, um, you know, learning to cope and understand like with a lot of like the digital space and social media and all of that kind of stuff. And 
I don't know. It was like, that was kind of my canvas for that. And there's a line in the song. Um, it's, it says characters in screens try to get the best of me. And we actually ended up releasing, you know, our first couple songs as an EP called characters in screens. And I don't know. I feel like that song was like lyrically sort of like a cornerstone of like a lot of the thematic elements that the whole album took, you know, it was probably one of the most early on written ones. And like, didn't follow like the traditional like verse chorus structure and stuff like that. So that one is very special to me, I think from a creative standpoint and lyrically to sort of like set the tone and like get, get some of the direction. But I think one of my favorites is, I mean, probably, I don't know. They always say the old way of looking at records, you always put your best song first. Um, if you really want to know the opening song, um, I really liked and really proud of that one. Cause I feel like it carried through some of like the, the themes and the things I really wanted to talk about in the songs like Bowie is dead. Um, but also got to kind of like wrap it up in like a tighter, you know, like really digestible and like kind of fun song that was like a, that had like a good structure and a good feel for a rock band. Um, so yeah, th those are two that stick out to me. I mean, I like all of them for different places cause I wrote all of them. Um, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> those are two good ones to start with. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's always fun when it comes together like that. Um, but uh, I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. Um, yeah, no this worries. Is where, this is where the magic of editing comes in. Like, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But uh, I don't know. I completely forgot what I was going to say. Um, but anyway, I guess you guys are, are building off of uh, that. You know, yeah. And building off the experience um, within the studio for the next round. And yep. As I'm sure you're aware, the production values usually go up a little bit, and everybody's comfort level usually goes up a little bit, too. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, I don't know, with your subject matter for inspiration, either lyrically or songwriting, like, do you feel like that's specific, or it's a little more, like, nebulous? Like... Hmm. It's a good question. Yeah, I think for me, it feels kind of specific, um... I guess where I kind of started, I mean, not started, but recently my, a lot of my inspiration for writing music and songwriting is like, there's, I love so much music out there, you know, from different genres all, all across the board. Um, but kind of across them, I, I try to like pick lanes and I get inspired by writing about things that are important to me, but maybe I don't hear some of like, you know, artists big or small really talking about very much. Um, and you know, for me lately, I think that's like been more of a specific track and like, you know, I think, um, yeah, that's kind of where like, you know, songs like Bowie's dead comes from and like, you know, gripping with like social media and changing world. And like, not that nobody's talking about that, but kind of like putting a, a, the own spin on it. Um, almost looking at it in the sense of like, you know, how it affects an individual, which, you know, obviously is me and, you know, sometimes through the lens of like, maybe like a specific character or specific storyline. Um, so yeah, like sometimes I like really get into ideas of like thinking of a, of a character or a person um, sort of in a fictitious place and like how themes like this might affect them. Um, so like, you know, I'll like go down a tangent and write like a whole song about that, um, yeah. which is, yeah. So I guess, yeah, definitely like hyper specific kind of like where, where the inspiration comes from. Yeah, it's cool. I think I remembered what I was going to say there. So when you mentioned uh, characters and screens, um, there's a comedian called Bo Burnham. And yeah. uh, 
if you're a fan of his, then obviously you might know. But uh, I was listening to like an interview of his one time, and I don't know, he just threw out a term called parasocial. Like people mm-hmm. have parasocial relationships now, and I guess yeah. all he meant all all he meant by that is they're like one sided. Yeah, and uh, I feel like that wasn't like or isn't a common enough term. Uh, yeah, for, like what you're talking about because it's just a, a really nice cogent way to describe things. So I was like, oh, yeah, that seems like a good, I don't know, topic for a song. And I just kind of riffed off that for a while. So it's kind of yeah. funny, like where your little inspirations come from. Sometimes I, mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of look for similar stuff, like you're saying, where it's just like, is there a way we can say this that isn't being said? Or yeah, or a better way to say it, maybe, you know? Yeah, exactly. So. Um, yeah, and I feel like, too, especially, you know, as like an independent artist, like, I don't know, like, it just seems like it's so important to try to, like, say something of substance, and um, otherwise, I feel like sometimes songwriting and music can come across as, like, inauthentic of, like, oh, you're trying to write and and talk about things that you hear, you know, giant artists talk about, which there's no shame or there's nothing wrong with that, but, you know, for me, it just always seems to come out a little more naturally and feel right to me on, like, yeah, topics like that that you know, an independent small artist like deals with and a normal person, you know, deals with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then you, you could start to go down the rabbit hole of writing in general, even beyond sort of lyricism. Um, yeah, totally. I, I'm a big fan of like books and stuff. And mm-hmm. I feel like one of, one of my favorite authors is kind of likes to talk about basically like you could describe like, very common things that we all sort of know whether consciously or subconsciously yeah but without putting in the very crucial specific hyper personal details exactly yeah it's it's almost becomes so generic that it's obviously unrelatable so it's like the best balance is often found between you know pulling out the sort of ubiquitous uh normal things that we all deal with but describing it in your own very specific unique way with yeah you know weird quirky details and totally that's that's what resonates with people more than when you try to i don't know just write whatever you think you should write i guess yeah something like that i'm sure we all get caught in it and I'm finding, you know, with us releasing, putting out more music, I feel like there's always like, you know, the the upside of like being in a, in a technology era like this is like, there's always somebody out there who can like maybe level with what you're saying or understand it or it resonates with them. You know, like we've, we've been seeing since our album release, like people literally from all over the world, just like never met us, um, you know, we're probably never going to see a show um that kind of thing and you know they're like sending dms on instagram and like i found you guys on spotify like i love this like i love this lyric and stuff like that and it's just like i don't know it's pretty crazy and i don't know it just feels um it it just makes it feel like i guess a little bit more um purposeful to like you know still say what you want to and talk about what you want to because you know the chances are there's there's a way that somebody can relate to it somewhere too yeah, they cannot even speak your language, <laughs> literally. So, yeah. no, that's awesome that you guys are making uh, those kind of connections. You know, and yeah, like that's that's got to be the goal. Um, I mm-hmm. mean, other than I don't know, money, pay, 
or money, fame, and power, or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it seems like you guys are headed in the right direction. So yeah, that's cool. And uh, obviously, feel free to hit me back up. I guess uh, if and when the new release does come out. Yeah, um, sure, we could get that on the airwaves. But in the meantime, here um, is there a song specifically you want to feature on this episode? Yeah, I, I think we'll yeah let's feature the title track if you re- or not the title track the opening track if you really want to know I think that's a good one I think it's a good introduction to us it's upbeat it's exciting um, and lyrically I think it hits on you know a lot of like the same the same themes of, of social media and um, you know technology and gripping with that but that one's kind of specific to the lens of like I don't know at the time the we were in lockdown and it was. I guess my like COVID pandemic song that I wrote, but like more in the realm of like looking ahead of like when things get back out there, which is funny now because we're all like facing that. And it's kind of like dealing with like the issues and like the worries and I guess, you know, the anxieties that came with getting back out there after being isolated so long. So I think that's a good one to start. Sweet. Yeah. I can definitely feature that. Um, what was the dog's name, by the way? His name's Huck. He's, Huck. he's crying yeah. right now. Yeah. 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 Well, um, don't want to hold you up here too long. You got to get him out in the yard or whatever. Oh, right, he's fine. Too. He can wait. He's just being yeah. impatient. I don't want to cut this short well, for anything. That <laughs> all good. Um, I guess you know because this is kind of the part timer podcast, or you know um, the the regular everyman sort of show. Um, usually I just ask people what they do. And if they're uncomfortable talking about it, I'm perfectly cool with that too. Um, but I just figure, what the hell? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, my my day job, I work in marketing um, during the day. Um, we're uh, working at an agency, an outsourced marketing agency. So we kind of work with, with different clients to help them put together like marketing campaigns and stuff like that. Nothing... Um, we do business to business marketing, so it's not like as cool and sexy as like the Coke ads you'll see on TV or anything like that. But yeah. everybody's got an audience. Everybody, you know, is trying to advertise and market their, themselves. So we're we're an agency that that does that, and yeah, that's what I do during the day. Yeah, cool. I imagine you're probably able to sort of parlay a lot of that into marketing for music. I mean, yeah, in like some it. ways. In some ways, um, it is like, yeah, I don't know. In, in marketing, it just gets down to audiences and stuff like that. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the goal. Um, so there's a lot, of, a lot of really specific nuances. And especially, too, like being a small artist, like um, there, there are definitely crossovers. But there are also things that, you know, just like posting on social media and stuff like that, like on like a band's account, you know, it seems like everybody has an appetite for like really more personal stuff and like not as like, you know, not as um, branded or inauthentic or anything like that, kind of like off the cuff, like personal. Um, Whereas like, you know, most of most like the professional stuff we do, they don't go for that. So yeah, I think the concepts are very similar, but at the, you know, the nuances are, are a little different. Um, And quite frankly, for like marketing as a small independent artist, who the heck knows anymore, really? I mean, <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like anything goes, you know, you can do anything from run a meme account to, 
you know, like be be streaming daily on Twitch or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's all different. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, I don't know the digital version of be yourself. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, plus, do something weird on TikTok. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't crossed got... into that realm yet. I don't know if you have, but no, I haven't gone to TikTok. I feel like I'm a little old for that. I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong, but. Uh, it's just kind of like, I'm mostly here to, uh, I don't know, just post stuff about music. And, yeah, exactly. So, but the I algorithm, think, man. The algorithm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's always the algorithm. <laughs> I spent, it's how they get uh, you to start making content for them, you know? Yeah. Actually, I wrote a whole song about that. It's just like, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like three three apps three social medias is enough for me i think i'm on like twitter facebook instagram and you know between the podcast and the band it's kind of like enough um yeah you know i hear you i'm sure i could go over to the twitches and the whatever else but i don't even really live stream honestly Um, yeah i've been thinking about doing live interviews for the podcast because i've done that a handful of times usually with like bigger bands who have like um like facebook groups and stuff like fan groups and that's a lot of fun um but really other than that it's kind of where i i don't know where i stop i guess yeah because i mean the way i look at it it's like i don't know i when you're just starting to like learn you know how they work and like yeah learning to be yourself on it it's like I'd rather just focus on that than, like, go do something I don't really know anything about and, like, yeah. more aimed at people that aren't really going to be my audience anyway. Yeah, I feel you. Got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, I think people are, are really good at picking up on uh, inauthenticity. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, totally. If you're, be, if you're being fake or something, it's just like... Right. right. Um, and it usually just comes in the in the form of, like, they just, like, don't... They just don't engage or they just don't like you, you know? They don't care. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, they don't care. That's a, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't know what the... It might have been, uh, damn it, uh, Rick Rubin or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. It was just basically saying, you know, as you know in marketing, I'm sure too, it is much better to divide the uh, audience in half. Like, mm-hmm. if anything, if he said like when he was working with the Beastie Boys and stuff like that, is like people hated that stuff when it came yeah. out. Like they would go out of their way, and this was like even before the internet, to like passionately find ways to tell them how much they sucked. Like, I know. They invested so much of their personal time <laughs> yeah. to like basically send hate mail. And he's yeah. like, if you can draw that sort of like ire and passion out of people, it really doesn't yeah. matter if it's hate or love. It's just like totally. you have struck a nerve. Because mm-hmm. eventually people will catch on. And they'll be like, "Wait, you guys yeah. might be onto something here." If and people, you know, it's the worst thing you can do is basically put something out that doesn't, uh, I don't know, inspire some sort of reaction. I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, um, especially now with the internet, you know, like you, you just you can't be just. Yeah, you, you just can't be like yeah not non-reactive there's got to be there's got to be a stance there's got to be something you know for people to react to 
um, yeah, or else it's just like vanilla. To them. <laughs> exactly. So, so used to just seeing like crazy shit all the time, and it's like, you know, people kind of want that experience in their movies and their shows and their music. And, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, to be a little more, I guess, poetic too. I think ultimately it, it is about being or learning as an artist. Anyway, it's probably more about learning how to be yourself, like yeah, all the time, like. Yeah. Sometimes it can be hard, as I'm sure you're aware, to like say what you mean. So, mm-hmm. the older you get, I feel like the better you get at saying what you mean, and that makes you a little more authentic. You know. I, I agree. Yeah, I feel I felt that way my whole life as a musician. You know, when when you're young, you know, and it's good because like when you're young and you first start doing music, however way, it's usually because you're inspired by like a role model or an artist or something. Yeah. But then you always spend some period of time like trying to be them and sound like them and like would they write this lyric or do this or whatever and then like yeah you eventually you eventually just shed that off and yeah it does get a lot easier to just kind of like do whatever the heck you want which is liberating yeah that's the key really is if you can find the sort of liberating feeling I think yeah whatever it is you're doing. And uh, it's funny you mentioned, you know, still writing like your heroes or whatever, because that's exactly what I did this week. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I wrote a song that's entirely inspired by that that band Mischief Brew from Philly um, that yeah. I mentioned earlier. It's just, that's cool. I, don't know. I I will always come back to him as like my my uh, lead, I don't know, idol folklore sort of singer of like what I aspire yeah. to be. Yeah, I have similar experiences sometimes. It's like I spend so much time writing and like, you know, just playing over my other songs and, and practicing singing and playing guitar. Every once in a while, I like go back and just like play like a cover of like a band that I really love. And it's like, damn, like yeah. that felt good. That was fun. Yeah. Felt really nice. And then like, I don't know, I'll go to sit and write again and like there'll be pieces of that that stick with you. It's like, oh, I could yeah. do something like that. Or yeah, it's cool. Yeah, let it seep into your bones, man. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. No one's truly original, that's for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. It's As, as and, much as we you know, all like to be. Right, and in theory, too, every every year and when there's more stuff put out, it gets harder to do that, you know, because there's just more creative things out there. There's more music, there's more imagery, there's yeah. more whatever. So it's it harder and harder. Yeah, it definitely looks that way on the surface. I, yeah. I still am not quite sold if that's true or not there's yeah. definitely more more content more music more saturation all that but um i i like to optimistically believe that everyone is ultimately unique and it's up to them to like figure sure. it out you know definitely the more time i know that if i spend looking at other people's stuff like the less time i'm probably you know working on my own yeah um so sometimes the hardest thing too, I don't know if you struggle with it, but as you get older, like you can kind of get pulled certain directions of like oh, yeah. genre or like mm-hmm. sound or whatever. And like, yeah, I don't know. I, I try to just really do my best to ignore it and just try to be like, all right, this is what came out. Um, yeah. <laughs> like this is what came out of me and I don't know if it's good or bad, but this is yeah. what, I th- what I think is real. So yeah. And it's funny, um, just going back to what you're saying about like, you know, everybody being unique, like, yeah, I agree. And, um, there's always, I always, I remember hearing, uh, comedian Bill Burr, he always talks about like, 
you know, he's like, he's always talking about the second I say something or say a joke, he's like, I've, I've just come to the conclusion. It's not mine anymore because once it goes into somebody's brain with their childhood and their experiences and what they're stressed about lately and what makes them feel good. And like, you know, it, it takes on a whole new meaning. And I think that that is true with like, you know, music and art as well. Like, there's I, I can hear and, and see something and be inspired by it and like use that as an inspiration point but you got to get out of your head and realize that that's not always like ripping off you know there there is true rip-offs yeah. you know that of course yeah. exists but like it's a little different when you're taking it and then cutting it with like your own experience and your own spin and your own style and in that theory you know creativity will never end and uh, you know there's always going to be something different yeah man well said um so yeah i mean it's been a fun chat so far um it's not always yeah. you feel like you can kind of connect with people um over facetime yeah sometimes it's a little tricky yeah but uh i don't know uh such is life these days so um yeah do you uh feel like there's any shout outs that would be fun for either band members family members bartenders uh haters um you know parents, <laughs> uh anything like that yeah um i guess in some ways you know not not i guess a negative shout out to um haters but you know i guess something i think when i was when i was young and i and i was first starting in music like you're you're hypersensitive to criticism and and like judgment but like you you're kind of also in the realm where you're you're putting yourself out there to be judged um and then, you know no one to say in particular but you know i think some of the feedback i hated at the time and you know people would say oh this song's not good or he's he's still young and naive as a songwriter and i would kind of hate that um and yeah. i still hate it to this day but at the, at the same time you know you do take some of that stuff and it does stick with you and in stride um you do get better because of it too you know not that like i yeah. would take any feedback from when i was young and say well i'm not going to do that next time but like you know it is kind of and when it's done right kind of can be in the spirit of like you know pushing you to be better and you know i think that's a good and good thing to have and you know now that i'm you know have a lot more out there and, and been working a lot more at this it's you know i'm kind of grateful for those experiences too right on yeah, dude. That's probably a good way to wrap things up here. Um, cool. Obviously, nice talking to you. I will feature, if you really want to know, on the episode. Awesome. So, be good to go. Um, I'll call that, like, uh, a wrap. So, yeah, I want to thank uh, Coleman Rigg for coming on the show, and uh, thank you for listening if you made it this far. Uh, once again, the song that you're hearing in the background is called If You Really Want to Know, uh, which is the title track, um, or rather, the first track off of their new album. And, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, have a good week.